Hello and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of Brandon and Mildenhall on the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, on the 16th of February 2020. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to complete them. I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, one little stroke shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. Therefore the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, if your virtue goes no deeper than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You've learnt how it was said to our ancestors, you must not kill, and if anyone does kill, he must answer for it before the court. But I say this to you, anyone who is angry with his brother will answer for it before the court. If a man calls his brother fool, he will answer for it before the Sanhedrin. And if a man calls him renegade, he will answer for it in hellfire. So then, if you are bringing your offering to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar. Go and be reconciled with your brother first, and then come back and present your offering. Come to terms with your opponent in good time, whilst you are still on the way to the court with him, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. I tell you solemnly, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have learnt how it was said, you must not commit adultery, but I say this to you, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, He has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye should cause you to sin, tear it out, throw it away, for it will do less harm to lose one part of you than to have your whole body thrown into hell. And if your right hand should cause you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it will do you less harm to lose one part of you than to have your whole body go to hell. It has also been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a writ of dismissal. But I say this to you, everyone who divorces his wife, except for the case of fornication, makes her an adulteress. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have learnt how it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must fulfil your oaths to the Lord. But I say this to you, Do not swear at all, either by heaven, since that is God's throne, or by the earth, since that is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, since that is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your own head either, since you cannot turn a single hair white or black. All you need is to say yes if you mean yes, no if you mean no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord. 
If your virtue goes no deeper than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Are we, I wonder, ever tempted to think that church teaching is just too difficult or that the gospel simply makes too many unreasonable demands? Is there even the temptation to think that non-Christians perhaps have an easier life because they don't have to follow our rules and regulations? Well, I ask these questions because we have been hearing these last few weeks from St. Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount, a summary, really, of all Jesus' teachings. And today's gospel is pretty much as hard-hitting as it gets. Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Everyone got two hands? Never mind about killing. If you're so much as angry with your brother, or sister for that matter, you'll answer for it. Adultery? Well, that's simply looking at someone lustfully. What's going on here? All this seems a bit unfair. This is impossible, isn't it? Well, as always, context is important. Context helps. The Pharisees and the scribes, the religious and professional elite of Jesus' day, were people who were obsessed with meticulously carrying out the prescriptions of the law. Whilst there was nothing wrong with the law per se, the problem they had was that their intentions were all wrong. Their heart was not in the right place. Their heart, their security, was in the law itself. They believed that fastidiously carrying out all the precepts of the law was what made them perfect and holy. The letter of the law, they believed, justified them, made them right with God, meant that somehow they merited God's favour and blessings. Keeping the law meant that they had earned the right, they thought, to a privileged life with God. And yet Jesus drives a coach and horses through this false way of thinking. Furthermore, this pharisaical mentality made it very easy to become so focused and legalistic that things like love and mercy disappeared altogether. You know, a a popular idea teaching amongst the the Pharisees at the time was that far as sins like adultery were concerned, you could pretty much do anything you liked with your neighbour's wife right up to the point of going into bed with her. As long as you didn't cross that line, you were all right. You know, that's how wrong it had got um, eschewed. Through the gospel, Jesus offers a new law which cuts straight to the heart. And this new law really is not anything new, but the fulfillment, the completion of the ancient law. Sin isn't simply about what you do. Sin concerns the heart. Sin concerns your intentions. If you look at someone in a possessive way, a lustful way, 
then that person in your eyes has ceased to be a person created equal in the image and likeness of God. And they have become for you in that moment a commodity, a means to an end. Law is good. It's useful. But only in so far as it's a roadmap. It, it shows us how to live. The ultimate measure, the, the ultimate test of how we are doing is not the written law, but it is the, the life and example of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, the embodiment, the incarnation of the law. You know, how often do you hear people say something along the lines of, well, I'm not perfect, but, um, you know, I, I'm not that bad. Um, I don't commit adultery. Um, I don't burgle. I don't tell big lies. Um, you know, so I don't steal. I don't kill. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right, really. I'm not perfect, but I'm all right. It's very odd when you think about it, that kind of mentality. People defining themselves by what they haven't done, what they don't do, rather than who they really are, what's really going on in their hearts. And since our measure is in fact not the law, but rather the perfection of the sinless Christ, and since all of us are called to holiness, to perfection, to be Christ-like, then there's not a lot of point at looking at ourselves and those worse off and saying, well, I'm not like them, I don't do X, Y, or Z, so I must be okay. That's not Christian. It's not good enough. And it's not the gospel. And it's not what we are called to be. Furthermore, we are actually deceiving ourselves because, as we've already seen, Jesus says, if we look at someone lustfully, then we've already committed adultery in the heart. If we harbour angry thoughts and unforgiveness, then we are murdering that person in our hearts. And I suspect all of us at some time are guilty of these things. But we're not to be dismayed. We're not dejected. We're not downtrodden. Because knowing our guilt, knowing our weakness, is where our transformation begins. If we make the mistake of thinking of the, the law as a kind of checklist, you know, things we've got to do to live a good life, then we risk becoming self-righteous. and We will fail miserably. But if we see the law, if we understand the law as life lived in Christ, life in Jesus, then his life living in us will transform us and perfect us. If your virtue goes no deeper than that of the scribes or the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Today's gospel invites us to reflect deeply and question our motivations and intentions. Religious practices are good, but we must remember they don't act as a kind of divine insurance policy. We don't appease an angry God by coming to X many masses or saying Y many rosaries. 
We don't earn perfection. We certainly don't earn salvation or God's love. We come to Mass. We pray. We do these things out of love because the only correct response in a loving relationship with God is to worship and to pray. And as we do these things, we are changed. Grace is poured into our hearts and we become evermore the holy people that God has called us to be. Our faith must be real. Faith has to be lived. It must take flesh in our daily lives. Otherwise, our faith is not faith, but simply the living out, legalistic following of empty rules that cannot save us. And despite what some people might think, Christianity is not about keeping rules or being better than anyone else. Christianity, Catholic Christianity, is all about a living relationship, a friendship with God in the person of Jesus Christ. This isn't just stuff I'm making up, right? Friendship, relationship with God, it is essential. And some people spoke to me a few weeks ago and said I sounded like a Protestant. Well, you tell that to Benedict XVI. You tell that to St. John Paul II. You tell that to Pope St. Paul VI, all recent popes, oh yeah, and Pope Francis, who says, being a Christian, these are his words, being a Christian means having a living relationship with the person of Jesus. It means putting on Christ, being conformed to him. So back to our original questions. Is the gospel unreasonably demanding and is church teaching unrealistically difficult well if we try and live these teachings in our own strength under our own steam seeing them as a kind of um, tick box checklist that we need to work through in order to get to heaven then yes absolutely it's too much we'll never do it the gospel is utterly impossible and will be miserable if however We unite ourselves to Jesus Christ daily. We receive him in Holy Communion. We fall in love with him, the God who knows us and wants the best for us. Then the gospel becomes perfectly livable. We cannot but want to live these teachings. It is our pleasure and our joy because it is an act of love. And when we fail, When we fall short, it's not a tragedy. It's not game over. We simply turn back to our loving and merciful Father and ask for the forgiveness and the grace that we need to be picked up and to carry on, to grow in holiness, to not simply keep the law, but to live the law, or rather have the law in the person of Jesus live in us. And we become evermore the beautiful, perfect saints that God has created each and every one of us to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of Brandon and Mildenhall in the UK, 
then please visit our website at stthomas-stjohnparish.com. That's stthomas-stjohnparish.com. Alternatively, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash bmrcparish. To follow me on social media, go to my Twitter handle at FatherLukeG, that's F-R-Luke-G. If you'd like to read pastoral and theological reflections, then check out my blog at FatherLukeGoymore.com, that's F-R-LukeGoymore.com. Hope this podcast has been of some use to you and helps to nourish you in your journey of faith. God bless you.